What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on this Thursday before the weekend of our final regular season matchup. Both of us are here to recap the fun senior night win that was last night. We will be talking about that mainly. We'll have a UIC preview here in the coming days before that Sunday tip. We might very well be making the trip up 57 ourselves. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, like I said, a really fun game last night. It hit us in the feels of, you know, like we said, like, and it was a big pregame Brian had beforehand of just talking about the inevitable of the potential, I guess you could rather say, of the future of some guys that we wouldn't like to, wouldn't like it to end. I guess I'll put it that way. And I guess last night kind of, you know, went towards the fact that that could very well be true. And I guess it's all wait and see. We still got the season to finish out. But like I said, it hit us, hit us, everybody in the fields last night on senior night. What's going on? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, very emotional night. I mean, five honoring five guys. Um, that three of them have been the the pillars of this program. That once Brian got here, have stuck through it for four years. And JD, um, who's been here for three, then Juwan, who's spending his last uh, season here with us. Just a lot of emotions. Um, not expecting, knowing that three of them can potentially come back next year and here in this last couple of weeks, it's starting to really hit us that that potentially might not happen, but a lot is there to discuss. And, uh, but yeah, big night, big win, probably I'd say one of the most complete games we've seen all year, especially offensively. Um, just really excited. They were able to finish on a high note at the Banterra center. Yeah, and as we knew going into this game, there's still a lot going around the standings and what the potential final seedings could be, and we'll get to more games that happen, some more crazy ones, or at least one that could impact even our standing. So we knew it was just interesting coming in this game, wanting to avenge what they did to us on January 7th, uh, and we'll get into more and more. Obviously, they weren't at their full strength throughout the game, but it, it's just crazy that that was our last – it hasn't even hit me yet because it seemed like the season's flown by in a sense that – it's already – we're already down at Van Terrison. That's already – I've been saying final regular season game. We know there's always – if there's ever a postseason potential, you could host some games if you got lucky. So that's why I didn't never really finalize that. But never know what that stuff. But final regular season game, it's crazy how it already, like I said, is here. And we were talking previously, or, you know, episodes prior. Like, I can't believe, yeah, that senior night's coming up a year before we know it. Uh, and – just the fact that, you know, like I said, this getting towards the end of the season here. Uh, yeah, so let's dive into this game. I mean, pregame, you know, we wanted to listen because, like I said, on well, pregame radio itself, but Brian's interview, he was obviously asked about, you know, finally asked about the timeout that, you know, at the end of the Bradley game that he didn't call. And it was what we intended. I remember saying it's like, yeah, he was definitely going to – or he definitely thought that – he didn't want Bradley to have to set up a defense. He wanted to catch them off guard. And even Mike said how Juwan's shot was obviously way, you know, came really early than what it, what it should have. And Brian said in the moment, Noah, that he, you know, he probably should have called a timeout. And that's one thing you never want to hear is, you know, end up saying that you're pretty much wrong in the decision that you made. And that was obviously 
hit us and knowing that it gave, could have given us a chance to win because if we won that game, chaos could have kept ensuing. But that was the biggest thing of what Brian said after he was asked about that. He was asked, you know, and that's when we kind of had a, a feeling, even though we knew from the beginning about the guys that could come back if they chose to. And he was alluding to the fact that, you know, yeah, we're not going to worry about that till the end of the season kind of thing. So that's where we, we uh, you know, left it at, you know, and not knowing fully about everybody else, because I was going to segue into uh, what they were talking about, just Rodney and Mike pregame uh, talking about J.D. Mula, who we knew has, um, you know, we figured, you know, because we thought because he didn't play the first season he was with us. There's a medical red shirt. He has the COVID year. And Mike, and you know, we trust Michael in saying it, but no, he said that he's out of eligibility because we were we were narrowing it down again. He spent two years at JUCO, missed the first year with us, has now spent two full. I say full. This season hasn't been full, which has been ridiculous. We know he's been playing now for a couple, you know, two months fully. Uh, that that kind of surprised us because, like I said, he kind of felt like he could use one of those extra years, medical or COVID. And then Noah, he also said that X, as we knew. Wasn't partaking in senior night. He says that he's not graduating until the fall, which leaves us to believe he could return. Brian kind of touched on that, didn't he? And then your thoughts on the whole JD thing and then right there with X and the potential that he could maybe come back. You know, we'll get into the game, but just the fact that, you know, and we'll get into the more of this as it went on, but this is from pregame. So I feel like it's worth mentioning. Yeah, the whole JD thing is confusing because uh, a lot of Saluki fans say he's done and that's 100%, but um, – my always thought was two years at JUCO, come here, and then you get hurt and be a medical year, then two full seasons, where, like you just said, it was, this year hasn't been full. And so he should have a COVID year left, you would think. Um, but I guess the whole COVID year and medical year the same year just wipes out that potential medical thing. He probably could apply for a medical waiver and see what the NCAA says, but – Sounds like he has um, used all uses eligibility and will be moving on, which it sucks because the way he's playing this year, the way he's came back from that injury, we would invite him back in a heartbeat. But um, the big room is in good hands with the three we have. Exactly, and we mentioned before how it seems like at times we took JD for granted because of, especially this year for sure, with the guys behind him, and he's kind of in the way of those young guys. Even though you know, with this veteran team that you needed, you know, help in that regard of more veteran leadership, and JD has been spectacular this season, and uh, it's unfortunate because you feel like you're right because we mentioned Darnell Brody get trying to get a waiver for next year. It looks like he's probably going to end up getting it. Uh, but JD could probably do the same thing, but it is, I wonder how he feels about it. But again, yeah, it's, um, he's had an awesome career here and you're right. We need the other guys groomed and it feels like even, I mean, this is all conversations for the off season, like we've said, but the fact that they all should be ready to man the ship, three of them next year, all barring anything going into the off season. But, um, it is unfortunate for him. And I mentioned X graduate to the fall. He has the option obviously. And then, um, and then Brian also, or they touched on, you know, Brian mentioning how NIL will play in a factor and all that stuff. So a lot of deep diving stuff that they're going to have to do at the end of the season. So we'll be looking forward to, we'll be glued to all of that, obviously, but we want to take care of business the rest of the season. So no, let's, let's dive into this game. It was, like I said, it was kind of, I'm not going to say nerve wracking. There was nothing, there was a pride, there's just nervous knowing you, you, you know, after the Bradley loss, you have to win out. You need to hold on to those top four, you know, uh, by 
options. And, you know, like I said, kind of going into this, we knew what they did against us last time. And no, I mean, Bowen Bourne, which we'll get into it, you know, obviously played at the start and we couldn't really tell if he just didn't look himself or not. He got a three off the jump. Thing is with them at the start of the game was they were getting just mad offensive rebounds. James Betts, Michael Duax was phenomenal on the offensive end and free throw and the offensive rebounding got two at the start. Trey Campbell missed a three. So we they had three great looks. They had a three, a layup, and another three before we finally got a rebound. Didn't do anything, Noah. And then one of the seniors, which we'll get into it, how incredible those three were, everybody was, but those three, and it was kicked off by Trent. A great look that uh, Jawan found Trent on the right wing to get us started. And then, you know, the biggest one, and coming into this game, it was the biggest thing, and it was your dog of the game, and I agreed with you in the pregame that Lance had to snap out of it. We need him this time of year. It was important for him, too. We found out, you know, just he's been dealing with his own demons lately. Um, So, you know, that's probably been harping on his – Recent play, because Mike also touched on the pregame that Lance had been shooting, I think he said 26% from the field in, in February and like maybe in the teens percent from three. So definitely struggling. And we know last game, it kind of segued into his defense. He just wasn't himself. But Noah, he started off this game on fire. Clearly that led to the great performance he had. But take us through some of this and the reasons why we thought we could we could get ahead here a little bit before we realized, you know, Bone Bourne came out of the game and then we were just on fire from three at the start of this one. Yeah, we just really got off to the jump here. Um, Trent be able to see that first one go in. Um, then just getting stops on the defensive end, um, especially with Bourne getting out early. We were ju- with uh, Lance, and after Trent's three, Lance went on a little 5-0 run for himself. And, you know, once he sees the first one go in, which it's ironic, we have we preach it, and we've Brian's talked about it. He when he plays downhill gets those paint touches it just opens everything up for him and his teammates and that's really what happened in this first half I mean jumped jumped out to eight nothing lead uh, Betts got on the board eight to two Marcus hits a three gets involved here um, Anderson got a little four zero run or a little six um, zero run for himself it was eleven to eight um, I think we it was the under twelve timeout when it was thirteen to eight so. X got on the board, so really the seniors carrying us right away. Um, Trent and getting on Trent get on the board early, which is really good to see because we know he's struggled this year. To uh, seems like every time he shoots it, it goes in and out. He had a couple of those last night, even. But um, Lance getting it going early, really good to see. We know he's putting a lot of pressure on himself lately, and he said in the post game that. He apologized to his teammates for that and because what he's been going through with his dad, um, not be able to be there, had a stroke. Good to see his mom was able to be there for him last night for senior uh, ceremonies and losing his aunt to breast cancer recently is just a lot to go through and kudos for him to be able to battle through that and play because that's an easy thing. He could easily step away and take some personal time, which just – kudos to him be able to play through this and finally get back on track because we know we need this guy down the stretch. So best best we keep his dad in his prayers and his family because they're going through a rough patch right now, but it was good to see him get rid of some of those demons last night early. Yeah, he's just he's playing with a heavy heart, and we respect him so much for it because, yeah, Brian touched on and they was asking. He said Lance had a great practice recently, and 
definitely had this hanging over him and definitely respect him for fighting through it. Cause you're right. They could easily, you know, we've seen people take personal leaves and, you know, he's sticking with it, knowing how important this season is. And I'm sure he's being told, you know, it's okay. You can keep playing. We'll deal with it at a different time, but it just, again, respect him so much for going through what he is. And the fact that he just, he, he just knew he, you know, he, you know, wanted to play so well for his family. And the fact that he was, he did that on the night where he had his dad tweeted where he couldn't make it. Uh, so obviously, yeah, you're right. His mom and his brother showing up was awesome for him. I'm sure very emotional night. And you're right throughout this. I mean, he did have his five run there. James Betts. I mean, he, we talked about him. He kind of hangs around the three point line and we were kind of overplaying him. Brian mentioned our ball pressure on their bigs at the start, but then he'll shoot you, but then he can beat you off dribble. And he, that's how he, got on the board for them, but it was, I mentioned the offensive rebounding show, but it was the Titan show for a while that you mentioned the stretch that he went on after Marcus hit a three uh, Titan made a couple, which Titan we thought, you know, he, I think he was, he was in the sixties or fifties from the free, from the free throw line. And he made most of them in this game. I think near the end, he, he missed one or two, but he was getting easy looks. And yeah, he had, you're right. His own four run here. Uh, he would just get really deep and score. I mean, he's a strong kid. He was backing down Troy. He was backing down JD. He was backing down everybody and came easy to him at times. Uh, but whenever they did claw back a little bit, we did see X, you know, have a, a point where he can easily do it. He had an easy, uh, you know, penetration floater or just layup that he can do all the time. I hate having to talk about that because that's what we talked about with half the team last year. Uh, and we've done it at times a lot this year. Dalton got active when he got in the game. Um, uh, Landon Wolf got fouled by Dalton, made made all three free throws. X then matched that with a three of his own. Jawan had a layup, which was a nice transition. After Lance got a steal, a nice transition play with our three guards. Lance hit X, and X hit Jawan with a no look for a layup that forced a UNI timeout. And after that, there weren't uh, there weren't any points. It was twenty to eleven for a long time before Trey Campbell got a three. Uh, I, that was whenever he got one in the corner, I believe, and Lance was guarding and kind of let him go. Thought X was going to go to the corner, had a wide open corner three. And this one we kept making a lot. Marcus hit a three. Lance had a dunk off of Dalton steal. Uh, Titan got more points. Lance had another one of his three, so up ten. Then Trent made another three. It was kind of back and forth scoring. We knew it was going to be low scoring in this kind of matchup, but I, like I said, no, it was it was at the point where. Bowen was in, and then we didn't see him again. We noticed that at first that it was really a long breather that we noticed for him, and then we found out what his injury was. Uh, it's unfortunate because it's nothing that he's really dealt with before, right? It was something that just sparked on him. He had been dealing with other injuries, but it wasn't that. Take us through that, and then also at the end of the half here, and we'll be able to get to a double-digit lead. Yeah, we knew uh, – uh, I knew early in the year, I think it was early in conference play – he dealt with a little bit of a quad injury and I guess it just tightened up on him again. And obviously late in the year like this, you're not going to take risks. So, uh, Jacobson did what's best, sat him. Um, but you knew this, you knew this team wasn't going to fight, especially a coach team by, um, Ben Jacobson and this young team, just a lot of guys are trying to earn stuff and, and learn this conference. So we knew it wasn't going to be easy, uh, even without bone born, but, they kept fighting, but we got a three by Marcus. We got to see Lance Jones with a dunk. Um, can't remember the last time. I don't think I've ever seen one in person. Uh, Lance hit a three, made it 28 to 18. Uh, Trent hit a three, 31 18. Titan Anderson answered that with a bucket. 
Um, then Marcus hit one right before the half to make it 34 to 20. Landon Wolf got one um, right before the halftime as well. So it was 34, 23 at half, just a really impressive first half offensively. Um, it's obviously the only thing we can gripe about. And we've talked about is rebounding for this team. They had a lot of, a lot of offensive rebounds. So, it could have been a lot worse than 34, 23 up 11 at halftime, but um, really good, impressive shooting first half, um, getting on the board, be able to see those seniors close it out, have a good first half, especially Trent. See Trent bounce back, and especially Lance, as we talked about. And Marcus just continues his strong, strong week because he had a great game Sunday and had another one last night. It wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being, and we know there's one more game of, so probably it's counting that one in this one, but he has a case for player of the week this week. Uh, but, yeah, th- that trio had 25 of our 34 at the half. Marcus had nine. Lance had 10. Shooting really efficient, though. I mean, Lance was two of five from three. He, he was At times he was missing some, but we'll get to the second half where we got him almost all to go. X led us in rebounds with four. He was perfect in the field, five points, two assists. And 13 minutes for himself. We did have four steals as a team. I mentioned Lance led us with 10, X with five, and Trent, as I mentioned, with six. And yeah, and the biggest scraps we had was offensive rebounding and was turnovers. We only we had eight in the first half, which it did seem like we were getting sloppy at times. That was the only bad part of it. You mentioned, or it is it's mentioned in general 40-minute games. It's like, yeah, you're not gonna play perfect, so you're gonna have a turnover or two. 40 minutes is not having a low, which we kind of did, but we also had a nine-point lead at the time. So I would definitely say this is this turned out to be one of our top uh, forty minute games. So they were shooting twenty nine percent. We were holding them to two of eleven from three. We were eight of fourteen ourselves from three, fifty two percent over or, or yeah, fifty two percent overall. It's kind of how like you knew if we were uh, made more threes than we missed, you kind of had a feeling it was going to be our night. And the guys were preaching after the game about their careers in general, it, and they played and shot like they had been playing in that gym their whole careers. And that's what they alluded to was, you know, we, we've shot a lot of, a lot of shots in that gym. So we were able to have the shots fall, but other than that, yeah, they had five steals off our turnover, six points a piece off the turnover. So other than that, we were playing really well up 11, as you mentioned, Landon Wolf did get a three before the half. So uh, he also started the second half with points on a layup. Uh, if I had it here and it went away, um, in this in this second half, and then Lance did have a turnover to start, and we were getting lucky when James Betts wasn't making his threes at times. Jawan made a three. We'll get into what the final three point thing was. Jawan was the only one that was kind of holding us down on on the three point shooting. Titan made a couple more free throws. Jawan matched them, keeping around a twelve point lead. There were some more turnovers. Marcus keeps having some turnovers. I mean, he was trying to find Clarence at the start of the at the in the first half. And Lance was and Lance was trying to find JD. So they're trying to find our bigs like they usually do, either too hard of passes or ones where the big wasn't expecting it because the Marcus or Lance had looks at the rim. Marcus had that at times. I mentioned his turnovers. Titan easily stole it from. We mentioned a Marcus. He's not really, you know, previous games he had been having passing turnovers, but now he's just losing the ball randomly. And he's been doing that a lot lately. And uh, Cole Henry came in the game, got offensive board to keep one alive. It's a good rebound. Michael Duax, who – which we saw before the game because obviously he's upper freshman of the year. We neither of us, both of us, don't think he'll get it because we we're trying to think of what he was, where was, where he was at in stats, and he was actually leading the conference in field goal percentage, but he was missing a lot of them at the start of the game. But he got on, and here he's tough. We mentioned the offensive rebounds; he is a nice player. 
we're not sure again if he's a redshirt freshman or a true freshman. If he's a true freshman, he'll have a either way, he'll have a great career. It's crazy if he would be a true. Marcus had another three after Duax had that, so up 13. Matched by Trey Campbell jumper. I want to say this one had JD switched on him and just crossed him over and hit a jump shot. Uh another Marcus three. Him and Titan were going back and forth here. Titan finished an and one when Clarence fouled him. Lance had another layup that Marcus found him in. Lance was having a lot of a lot of good uh rim cuts and finding points at the rim. You mentioned how yeah, if he gets going, if he everything like that opens up for him if he's able to do that. Uh, Jawan another layup, so keeping on the 13 point lead. And it was this score for a while until the 12 minute mark. Marcus made two free throws. I mean, no, I mean, obviously, over the course of this game, Bowen Bourne makes a difference. We like to think we still would contain a lead, but if Bowen wasn't himself and obviously wasn't out there, clearly, you know, they fight better than this to make it this way. But honestly, you no, know, I, I want to say the defense we could show it looked like Lance was on him at the start. that no matter if what Bowen was doing, we were making enough shots and even Bowen with, you know, his inability sometimes on defense, not like it maybe would have made that big a difference with the way we were shooting. Take us through most of the second half. Yeah, definitely. Bowen would have made a little bit of a difference. Um, he's just a tough guard. It'd been, it'd been, it'd been interesting to see um, what kind of game plan we would have had for him because we know he gave us 27 up there the first time we really didn't play, um, with enough ball pressure and enough effort up there at UNI. So it had been – because I know there's been a lot of double teams and different stuff thrown at him here since that – since his really good stretch he was on, um, potential player of the year at the time. But there had been – I would like to have seen the game plan, either where we're going to hedge the ball screen or something like that. But um, another three by Marcus after Titan made some free throws. Titan got another layup. Trent – Hits a three to go up 17. Um, then it's a 17 point lead for a little bit till Dalton gets a jumper, makes it 19. Answered by Duax with the layup. Um, uh, Trent missed a three. Campbell got a jumper. It was a 15 point lead with 916 left. Uh, Lance at with 837 mark, another jumper by him. Then he gets two, then he gets an and one, um, to put us up 64 48 with 809 left. It was then a really long scoring drought until um, the next score was some Cole Henry free throws at the 641 mark. Yeah, Landon Wolf, JD can't get away from fouling people on on and one threes, and Landon Wolf got him on one. And we mentioned how he's kind of a little uh, little villain in the league already. He was kind of chirping at times. I remember seeing that was something I was looking for throughout the game, but. He played well at times. He had a couple threes that probably could have went down as well. Yeah, on some of those Lance layups, like I said, it were one. there was one where he spun off a defender and scored, and he was just getting to the rim with ease. And you're right, Cole Henry came in and did a little – and had made a difference. We got – both teams got in the bonus late in the game, so Marcus made a couple, a couple free throws. I mean, like I said, this was the Titan show. He he struggled shooting against us, and he had 10-10 and 10 last game. We'll get to his final stats in a second, but he was just on it. It was, it was tough to guard him at times, and – uh, we notice how you know with him you push him out. That was that's the main thing. He he made a three in warmups, you know, before the second half. But you make him prove that he can hit him, and he doesn't want to. So you know you, you can't overplay a kid like that because he'll just beat you to the rim and do what he does. Um, Wolf made another three to cut it to sixteen, but we had a film. We had this one in the bag. Still some time left. This one ever Lance had two threes. The crowd was getting. Going in the moment, we know he loves to feed off of that, so he made some huge tough threes here. One was a crazy 
top of the key kind of fader uh, to then force a whatever. But no, it's gotten to the point of the game. Two minutes left. We noticed there was a tech on Northern Iowa, and uh, Trent made the free throws. And because Bane Jacobson wanted the, you know, it was at that point of the game where we could call in timeouts, getting whatever he was wanting to kind of do that for us. I think too, in a sense, so we called it a timeout that he didn't have for a technical. I know this is whenever the guy started to come out of the game and made posts about him. Uh, coming out and you can just tell with the hugs with everything and the crowd was amazing and that regard for them coming out uh, again we'll touch on it more at the end of the game but that was at this point and then Noah we as soon as they they took the main three out first which I think was a good idea and then they and then at the and then took Jawan and JD out shortly after but then we saw the, the one guys that came in because Noah the, uh, Scotty came in they were subbing those guys in and it was like, well, Scotty and JD on the court at the same time. Well, obviously, at the end of the season with JD being dumb, we'll never see that again with two bigs like that. But then after they subbed out, Cade came in with Scotty and them and that uh, lineup. But we did see Foster come in as well, get on the board with a three. And no, at, at this point, we were creeping up. It was made known by some people and it was, came to our attention. And obviously, we know about it now that the three point record was up for grabs. And after Foster hit this three, we knew we were getting close, not sure that that would end up being the one that would tie it. We did see Chris Cross come in the game later also that he got a layup, but he had a three that he had a chance to break it if we knew about it at the time. It was good to see them come out. Like I said, our, our, your reaction when you saw the guys come out and you see them come in, because it's not surprising seeing Foster. You can kind of see the body language on the end. We'll talk about it more. I just wanted to segue to you about, obviously, you know, like I said, his body language, and he, he comes right in and makes the three got a nice offensive rebound and that's kind of how it finished out, but it was good to see our seniors get that standing ovation there at the end. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what these guys have meant to meant for the program. And I really like how Brian got those three, their own ovation. Then JD and Jawan got their own. Um, I like how he separated that. That was a really nice gesture he did. Uh, but yeah, seeing Foster come in, just doing no, doing what we know he can do. Um, it was assisted by Cade, so good to see Cade get in, make a good pass, wide open three. That's no, we know Foster can do it, and just haven't seen enough of it. We we know we probably we really don't know why. It's probably defense, but it's it's sad we have not seen him on the floor more. But it's good to see Chris Cross get on the board. Chris Cross is a big fan favorite. Dog Pound loves him. Um, so, yeah, we got to see uh, Scotty and JD on the floor for a little bit. Then it was Cade and Scotty. So it's probably the first time or the last time we'll ever see two bigs on the floor um, under Brian Mullins. Especially if, you know, if we, you know, live them up to what they said about Cade and his shooting, you never know. That's what we were talking about earlier. And well, there'll be more conversation as time goes on that Clarence needs to be that. And you could play him. It just has to be Clarence at the floor. Those two will never play together um you're right and just seeing yeah I, I agree it's it's well how they did it with getting them the uh ovation that they deserve and getting those other guys in there aj as well uh so diving into the final box score i mean like i said you look up and if someone told me i don't think anyone would be surprised you you know everybody could have probably said this could have been lance's day senior night and just to bounce back from the previous game he had 28 11 of 14 overall no all those misses were from three it shows you you know, and I think initially going into this game, whether it was Bowen on the court, Trey Campbell, Pegsari, anybody, nobody can stay in front of him. And that was the main thing of this. And it's like, you know, you can get points at the rim. So he didn't miss. 
add to him, he was six of six, you know, inside the three-point arc. But 28, Noah, like I said, only missing three shots, four assists, two rebounds, only had two turnovers, had a steal in 31 minutes. I mean, the ultimate bounce-back game that he had, and it was also with Marcus right next to him with 24 on seven of 12, six of nine from three, four point or four assists, four rebounds, only two turnovers, 34 minutes. Marcus got some good breathers throughout the game. We mentioned how it usually comes around the 12, around the 12 minute mark in the first half. And then maybe throughout, we didn't see X score again. We did see Dalton end up with four on two of six shooting. Juwan had nine. So the senior JD didn't score on a senior night, but he had three rebounds did have three fouls kind of uh, did have a block. So it was kind of a frustrating senior night for him, but all of them pitched in for this effort. Noah, 52 combined points for Marcus and Lance. I don't think we've ever seen them. We've seen them over the course of the career score this many, them like, like 28, 24 around in the twenties together, but it's been a long time, but no, I mean, Lance only, whatever that percentage is off the top of my head with my math, 11 of 14, that's at least 70 something percent, 80 something percent. Your thoughts on that. And then, uh, team stats because obviously we shot an incredible percentage and like I said we kind of tied we tied a record for three uh, in this game. What else stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean Brian's keys of the games before the game. One, it was high uh, have a high assist total. Um, ended up with twenty two in this game. Um, that's a really good number. Number two was Garden without fouling. This was a really tightly called game by these the by the crew we had last night um both ways there's a lot of touch fouls we go from what we watched sunday where a lot of a lot of things not called not a lot of a lot of contact no calls sunday but uh then number three was control the glass we out rebounded them by six in the game um they ended up with 11 offensive rebounds that's still that number is way too high giving them that many chances but yeah, we did really good job. I mean, obviously, shooting 50, 57% from the field, 58 from three, 90 from the line, shot 10 second-half free throws, 9 of 10. I mean, can't ask for much more. We bench points, had 14. To, they had 29 off the bench. Um, Landon Wolf had a really good game for them off the bench, um, playing, playing for Bowen Bourne. So just a really – well-executed offense and a little bit here and there defensively and some rebounding. But like I said earlier, it's one of the most complete games we've seen all year. Hopefully we can ride that into Sunday. I mean, just scoring so much in the second half. I mean, 17 of 29 from three is incredible. And it's a good sign because obviously that gets us to the end of the season where we know that's one of our biggest struggles this season uh, but you know, seeing it at the end of the season, end of the season here now, you know, gives us some hope going into not only Sunday but obviously into Arch Madness. And you're not going to shoot that well all the time, but it shows you. If we talk about Jawan getting his looks, and he he went one of five, but he gets awesome looks, and he's going to have to hit those in the tournaments because it seemed like whether they give it to him, it, like I said, sometimes with the non-shooters, they kind of just end up open. I think you know, so many, so much, or so well scouted this league is everyone's talked about them. Maybe they do obviously leave them open at times, but we need Jawan to hit more of those. Uh, but it's crazy thinking that, uh, like I said, we won't shoot that well from three again, but uh, it's a good sign moving forward. Some quick quotes from Brian. Quote, I'm proud of our guys for coming out after a tough loss last time out, coming out and really playing a full 40 minutes. 
I thought the ball was moving really well on offense and the guys were giving up good shots to get great shots. I thought we had a good bounce to their step, and I thought defensively in the first half we were able to bother them with our pressure. He said, I'm happy for the seniors to play the way they did and for the group. It was a good It was good to see a lot of emotion and passion on those faces. We have to build off this and continue to play well with the big game coming up this weekend. And then he added, it's been a tough 48 hours for Lance, just talking to him and making sure he was okay, that he was ready to go. Monday was one of the better practices that he's had in a long time, and today he was ready at shoot-around ready for the game. And I'm just really happy for him and his family, end quote. Uh, so like, like I said, no, it was the, it was the epitome of a perfect senior night you could have had. Uh, like we said, the seniors were going to play most of the game for you got the other guys in there. We didn't expect to blow them out. Uh, I think the spread, I forgot what the spread, it wasn't like six or six and a half or something at home. So, uh, thought that you and I would keep it close, but obviously with the injury and everything playing out and the way we thought that was the case. Noah, what are your final thoughts on this game before we move on to the other games that happened? And then we'll get into probabilities to end this one, because obviously that's crucial now with only one game remaining. Yeah, it was just a really special night honoring the five guys, especially the three guys that have been here um, ever since Brian got here. Just be able to see, especially Lance bounce back and Trent, um, finally come through. I mean, this is no, he, we know he's capable of that and uh, just seeing those guys shoot a high percentage and finally seeing some of those threes we've been taking, using the ball movement, getting the open looks just to, to finish on a high note at home is what we wanted. We wanted to bounce back from that gut wrenching loss on Sunday. So to finish their careers at SIU, if that's the finish, um, I'm sure nobody knows yet. I'm sure they probably hasn't even made up their minds, but um, to see it go out on a high note and get the ovation they got is big time. So really excited for Sunday. Um, hopefully we can make the trip off, but yeah, great finish to the season, the home season, because I mean, I don't think we will because just thinking that potentially it may have not been their last game at the arena because potential CIT, whatever those tournaments are called now, but usually we can't afford to get into those. So it probably was most likely unless those three come back. So good to see them finish strong and bounce back next year because um, really, really enjoyed, especially having JD love JD's energy Jawan coming here from spending four years at Evansville, just big time finish. For those three main guys, really like seeing Trent getting double figures because we're going to need a boost down the stretch if we want to make some noise in St. Louis. Yeah, we're so appreciative, appreciative for definitely JD's time because he's done with he's dealt with a lot of trials and tribulations here, a lot of injuries. We talked about it's crazy to put off of the injury he had this year. We thought it was going to be his most healthy season. That's what Brian said at the start, and uh, obviously he's he's arguably played his best as, at SIU. I don't I think it's arguable the way he's played this year since he's been back around the end of this, of the 2022 calendar year, he's been phenomenal in his time here. And then yeah, Jawan, you know, we'll talk about all this more and we'll have tweets built up for him, but uh, for Jawan coming here, we thought when he thought he was injured and he knew the value, that's why they went and got him. And there's no doubt we could have gotten a little bit more to this point with still a couple games left, you know, what we could see from Jawan and, potentially being an X factor in the tournament, obviously that we probably could have seen more from Juwan this year, but you know, when you had to fit into this offense and style, we've talked about some things that he said, it's took him a little bit to get used to stuff. So again, we'll talk about it more 
over the course of the next couple episodes, but uh, definitely appreciative for those two seniors that are for sure gone with the other guys still waiting in the wings. It, it was a special night last night. They all got their flowers. And then quickly some uh, update or some stats update from Mike. Yes, it did tie both other times against Evansville with 17 threes. We did it late in 2021. So last season we had 17 against them. Uh, and then in 1997, there's some other uh, ones on here. None of too recent, some from like 2019 and 2018. Uh, and then uh, Marcus is, let's see here. He's 25 points away from 1600. He might, I mean, he probably, unless he uses next year, he's going to end at ninth career in scoring. If he can get above 1600, Jamal Tatum has 1667. So Marcus is probably going to remain in ninth uh, uh, at the end of it, like I said, unless he uses it. Lance is 14th, and if he uses it as well, 116 games, 1,474. He could reach – the 28-pointer helped him there. He might reach 1,500 with 26 points to go with Sunday and into the tournament. We'll see if he gets that. He's behind Sterling Mayhin. Um, and then if Marcus – Marcus will join Darren Brooks if he gets the 1,600 – the only SIU players ever was 1,600, 500, and 300. And it's crazy going back because we know how great of a player Darren was when you go back to see that he was a two-time NBC player of the year, two-time defensive player of the year, and he's got 1,600, 500, 300 as a guard. And we know he only played two games his freshman year, so he has only four years full of production to do that. Darren Brooks might be top three. Ultimately, we are talking about goats earlier. It's definitely Walt for setting the standard at SIU long time ago, but Darren's up there, the incredible career that he had. Uh, Marcus owns the 13th best free throw percentage season in SIU history in a season. He's also uh, in career. This was interesting to me, you know, the career uh, Valley points. We know Lance has uh, 185 more than Marcus because Marcus missed his sophomore year. Didn't get all those conference games. Lance is fourth all time though. Right behind Ashraf Amaya, thinking he's going to get six or more points to pass him for third all time. Anthony Beans over a thousand with Kent Williams. Marcus is ninth in rebounds in career uh, conference play and then assists. He's third. He's right behind his head coach with seven, and he's done it in about six less games. Uh, it's crazy the, the you know how they're approaching Brian in a lot of these stats, but it's crazy thinking that Marcus could very well end up with a better career than Brian and the assist department, let alone that's what Brian did best in steals and Marcus that just shows you the all around well-rounded player he's been. So that was most interesting. One of the ones that Mike said, um, now, no, let's get into the recent games before we dive into maybe Kennard and pro dogs at the end, or I guess let's, let's end with, let's actually go with that right now. We did see Kennard, uh, did have a game day uh, yesterday. We're thinking he's around his playoff. Whenever you looked at his uh, his postseason games and the dates he's playing, because we're thinking because we're in St. Louis next weekend that he could very well come to a game. Obviously, if we win that game, he could come over if we win that Friday. Uh, but he's got a game that Wednesday of that week, so spaced out there. He's doing that. We saw you know he had his senior night uh, last night as well. I'm sure got the win because they're rolling. Uh, and then we did see with uh, Pro Salukis, it was great to see, above all else, we'll get to a play here, but it was great to see Armand Fletcher get an opportunity getting drafted by the Santa Cruz Warriors or picked up by the Santa Cruz Warriors. We know he was at the uh, 
with the uh, Jazz G League to start the year. Now he's on here. It seemed like a stacked team they have here. They had a, that really good Davidson player last year that's on there and a couple of others. So it's great to see Armand get another opportunity. And then we did see Cash, who they posted about in the game yesterday, had a nice dunk that very well could make uh, that very well could make uh, Sports Center top ten. He did have ten points in their recent game of twenty five minutes. I want to say they played tonight, so that's whatever. I don't think Barrett's played since then, so it's a quick update on that. No, now dive into, like I said, the recent games here, the standings and the probabilities, if you will. Yeah, there were some. Um... Good games last night, some comebacks, um, then a couple, then a blowout. Uh, Bradley went on the road to Valpo. Um, it was a pretty tight game throughout, ended up a 10 point victory 76 66. Rink Mast led the way with 18 points and nine rebounds for the Braves. Cricky, uh, 17 points for them. So I bet it was a fun matchup seeing Rink Mast and Cricky, two of the best bigs in the league. Um, go at it. Quentin Green had 16 for Valpo, along with 10 points from Kobe King. So Kobe King always getting double figures for them in that one. Um, so Valpo is locked into the, I believe the eight nine or the nine seed at this point. I think um, Indiana State Belmont. It was a halftime lead. Um, a 54-37 for the trees without Cam Henry in this one. Belmont storms all the way back and gets some um, two late free throws from Ben Shepard. 89-88, big win for the Bruins. Um, it puts us in a three-way tie with those two teams. Bledson had 20 for the Trees. McCauley only had 12, struggled a little bit. 16 from Nice, 17 from Avila. Then for the Bruins, 18-9 uh, and nine for Shepard, 14 from Davidson, 13 from Tyson, 15 from Freiburg. 16 from Gillespie off the bench, the really good freshman. So um, we had our eyes on that one. Drake blows out Illinois State, 82-51 on senior night. 18 for DeVries, 16 for Burford. Um, Burford's looked really good down the stretch for Illinois State. Then the other one in the bottom of the two worst teams in the league, UIC goes on the road, ruins senior night for Evansville, 82-76. Chase Carter with 22 um, they do have three guys that are in COVID protocol. It's kind of weird at this point seeing guys that is Stephen Clay, Christian Jones, and uh, Yaklich, his son. So they played a lot of high minutes. They had three starters play. Um, Carter played 40, Anderson 39, Scoball 38, Jackson 33 off the bench, and O'Connor played 27 Then because he fouled out. So a lot of, a lot of minutes. They logged yesterday, so Toomey had 20 points for Evansville to lead them. So some decent games last night. It was a fun watch, watching Belmont storm all the way back. Um, then the latest probabilities by Hacksaw, Matt Hackman. Um, he got them out really quick like knew he would, expect, probably expecting them today, but it was right after our game when we were walking out of the Bantera Center. He already had them out, and – there's a big list of uh, of things that could happen, the seeding probabilities and the highest percentage um, one. I mean, there's like 100 results, but just seeing the ones that – just the usual ones, we tell you guys percentages. The percentages for us now 
or 72% for three seed, 15 for four, 12 for five with one game remaining. So that is with um, Belmont's at UNI, Missouri State at Indiana State um, to watch those. Then we know the championship on Sunday, Drake at Bradley for the regular season title. Um, we do know now that if we win, Belmont wins, Indiana State wins, we do get the three seeds. So if that happens, and if we all three win, Indiana State sleep, gets the fall to the five seed. Crazy to think here we were um, a couple months ago saying, or about a month ago, that 14 and, six, 14 and six wins the league. But now on Sunday, if us three all win, 14 and six is going to be a five seed. So just crazy to see how the Valley has played out. Yeah, you're right, and that that was the number everybody was eyeing, and seeing Drake and Bradley crush that, and what it is, and then, uh, yeah, I mean that was that was a crazy game between those two because you know Belmont, you know the two teams they're fighting with for these spots are the two teams that they only played once this year, us and Indiana State, and we knew that was going to be a high scoring game, and that it was, and they were tying down because they were talking about on the radio last night of all the scenarios about what the record would be of head to head and round robin. And all that kind of stuff that we'd be two and one against both of them. Uh, Belmont's obviously one and one, and Indiana State would be one and two. That's why they would fall to fifth. And they've had the rockiest season you could imagine with the win six, lose five, win seven before losing. Like it's 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 crazy, but we know they're a team nobody wants to play because of that reason. And even with can't a lot of teams have been doing or played really good this year without one of their best players or the best player in games, and they. The fact that they went on the road and did that, we know Belmont has, uh, I say, struggled at home at times. Uh, but you know, usually they're a really good home team. So it is crazy how that plays out. You're right. What that record was thrown out the window for now. Five of these spots, and we know how important our game is on Sunday. We'll get into more of those games on the next episode. Uh, but yeah, even we're um, going back to those scores real fast. You, uh, yeah, we we knew Drake was going to blow Illinois State out. Evans or. UIC's been going through it a little bit here, you know, with the guys missing day to day. There's their best players and now some COVID. And none of those, you know, most of those guys aren't really noteworthy for that. But I think it's noteworthy itself because you mentioned the minutes that a lot of their guys had to play that now that they travel from Evansville back home, it could be catching them maybe on a good thing. But that's also what we maybe thought when we hosted them the previous game. So it's going to be a tough one. Um, and then Bradley, Jason Henry, who had 17 in the game, had a thousand for his career. Now they had a a picture with it on the thing, which was funny. And he spoke to them after the game. And you're right, that was a crazy back and forth game. Thinking Valpo could maybe, uh, uh, you know, shock everybody in that regard. He had Cricky 17, uh, Green 16, and Kobe had 10. Uh, interesting game there. And then ours as well. So yeah. And then the standings. That's how. That's how they stood with all those probabilities of where they stand. It's, you know, you and I is sitting pretty at where they are. You and I or Murray, who split with Missouri State with those games coming up, you know, 11 and 8 Missouri State, 10 and 9 Murray. And then you have the three way tie, the two at the top, and everything else playing out. Uh, even if Illinois State loses and UIC wins, I think they split their season series. I don't know if we've seen anything with that in that regard. We'll get into the matchups again. And everything fine, final-wise after the season or when we preview and whenever we recap UIC. These are some episodes to come. When we preview U- UIC in the coming days, we'll recap them on Monday along with our final. Uh, we haven't really figured out maybe the whole schedule of how we're going to do this yet, but just know coming up we'll have our full 
final predictions for what the awards are going to be before they come out next Tuesday. And then obviously throughout uh, the week before we head to St. Louis, that we will have a uh, preview of all of Arch Madness at that time. Like I said, the schedule is, but just keep an eye out for all these episodes. Noah, give me your whole final thoughts on everything before we get out of here. Yeah, obviously good bounce back win. We got to see a complete performance finally. Hopefully we can continue and hopefully got the mojo back that definitely Lance needed. Good to see Trent get to see the ball go in the basket with 11 points last night. So just big time, big time effort from the team, moving the ball and stuff, high assist numbers like Brian talked about in his keys to the game. So great bounce back. Um, hopefully, like I said, keep it going into Sunday. Um, most likely we will be there live. So we'll be able to send out live tweets for you guys and get to see the, one of the newest venues of the Valley in UIC. So it's going to be interesting. Um, hopefully no more bad weather up in that area that keeps us away from that or uh, makes it unsafe travels for the team because probably a bus ride up. So going to be a fun weekend. Uh, it's can't believe here. feels like you and I were just talking yesterday about feels like you and I were just watching you and I play us. We uh, SIU play up at you and I at Highland in early January. And here we are. It's already arch madness next week. So can't wait for that, but we got one more game to finish strong and continue rolling on Sunday. Well said, and you're right. It's crazy how it's here, but we're so glad because we're so excited for that weekend and knowing that if things go our way on Sunday, things could go our way heading into our even our first game. It can make it even more of a fun weekend. So we're glad that it is all here, but it has definitely flown by. You're right. Looking forward to seeing UIC stuff and seeing hopefully a big fan base in that empty gym for how – uh, well, uh, SAU fans are in the Chicago area. So we'll talk about it all on the next episode. Great win last night, as you said. Looking forward to keep it going and end on a utter high note going into Arch Madness. We'll talk about it all. Like I said, keep up with all of our episodes here soon. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next time, we'll see you guys soon. Go dogs.